Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. Yes, hello. Back to work, but we still smelling like a vacation. Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Sorry, I'm playing with the old here. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he's very lost in, lost in my cat. Uh, um, hello, folks. Uh, it is good to be back on microphone. I'm fresh from Mexico. It has been a long 24 hours. Fran, before we jump into my recap of my yeah. Mexicano adventure... What has been going on stateside, man? How are you doing? What's new? What are you watching? What's what, what's what's the last five been like for you? It's been good, man. This is my first full week back to work, mm, so I'm just rough, getting. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's been cold. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been it's snowing. So it it's snowed. Like, it snowed sad Friday. Mm. <clears throat> Friday, Saturday, one of them days. Good. But uh, other than that, it's been good, man. Been watching some TV. I haven't watched the Aaron Hernandez case. I mean, we're gonna get to that a little later, but um, I'm glad you're back. It's good to be I'm back. terrified of planes, so you know. Understandable. Whenever man. you go, I'm like, man, just let me know when you get back, when you get there. Just, yeah. I just I yeah. can't. I hate planes. I don't like people going planes. I'm terrified of them, but yeah, man. I'm glad you're safe, man. and I'm glad you had a good time, man. Thank you, man. Understandable. The alternative, just it, um, alternative, like to go to Mexico in 1750, you would have took like 20 people with you. Mm-hmm eight would have got there <laughs> yeah. one of the babies would have been like seven by the yeah. time you get and you go there and you just live there now yeah, you stay yeah you're just there now that's where you've migrated to so the future's great man you get to just go somewhere for five days it takes you a couple hours to get there in most cases i'll mm-hmm. get to my case in a second but um i had a great time man mexico's a beautiful country the flight there was perfectly fine i had um i finished Half of an audio book, which was the David Goggins book. I highly recommend the dude is just a different human being. Um, This guy, David Goggins, he's a motivational speaker, but he was this guy. He joined the military. He had a tough life. He lived in he lived in uh, Italy. I mean, I'm sorry. He lived in Indiana. Is this the military guy? Yeah. He lived in Indiana for like a haul of his life. Been called all every name under the sun. Ku Klux Klan. He was there when the Ku Klux Klan like rebirthed and marched through Indiana in the 90s. Uh, um, is he black? Yeah, he's black. Oh, okay, black right. dude. Um, he joined the military. He wanted to be um, like a paratrooper, jumping mm-hmm. out of planes. That didn't really work out. He got he got uh, diagnosed with the sickle cell trait. Yeah, and. 
But his whole thing was he was terrified anyway. Mm. So when they told him, they gave him excuse to to stop doing paratrooper with the sickle cell thing. He he acted like, oh dang, shit. Now I can't be a paratrooper. But he loved it. It was like an excuse. Mm-hmm. It was his weakness, and he used that. And he he pretended like he was bummed out that he couldn't be a paratrooper, and they shipped him out to some other unit that mm-hmm. was less work. He ballooned up to like three hundred and something pounds, mm-hmm. and and he was he could be he he left the military. He became like an exterminator. He was dealing with all these pesticides. Mm-hmm. He was he hated himself. He hated his body, and he just felt like a worthless piece of shit. And he was just felt like he had been dragged down his whole life. And one day he just said, you know what, fuck this. And he um he decided he wanted to be a Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. and he worked out every day. Like he he first he couldn't run because he was really fat, mm. so he would ride a bike like six miles a day. He would eat like a sliver of chicken breast and a thimble of rice, and he just he would lo- he lost pound after pound after pound. And once he got to two hundred and fifty pounds, he started running four miles a day and mm-hmm. biking six miles a day and swimming two miles a day. And then he kept losing weight and losing weight, and he became obsessed with with uh perfecting himself and becoming mm-hmm. a navy seal and and passing all these tests and he he wasn't the smartest dude in the world so he, he became obsessed with just perfection and now he's just a maniac he swims in the water when it's below zero degrees mm-hmm. till his shirt he comes out shirt freezes he goes on a run comes out of this fro- freezing water boots soaked in water goes for a six mile run until his shirt is frozen to his body because he was just was in this freezing cold water and he's just a machine man yeah. and his whole his whole thing is like there's no excuse. Yeah. Racism, whatever it is, if you're letting that stop you from succeeding, you're fucking up. Yeah. That's that's you not nothing if if you want it bad enough, you'll push through any wall. He understands that there's walls, mm-hmm. but nothing should be able to if you really want something, you have to become obsessed with it in mm-hmm. order to succeed. And I, I just was listening to that on the plane like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I tried not to yell. Yeah. I, and then um so with that in in getting to my coming back after my beautiful five day trip, we saw uh, La Ballenas, mm-hmm. which is Wales. Mm-hmm. Went on a beautiful taco tour. Puerto Vallarta is a beautiful city. It's very tourist friendly. They have like a this place called the Romantic Zone and it's it's a very um it's like it's like the gay zone it's mm-hmm. like beautiful like gay people holding hands and very welcome in city which is different because that's not all of mexico mexico's yeah. not super accepting so after five days of that and being on a resort and beach and all that kind of stuff first taste of back in america at the airport we get a notification an hour before our flight is about to take off hey man your flight is gonna be two hours late now mm-hmm. and we had a layover and the two hours that we had was perfect because we had time to, you know, we could go to Sabaro when mm-hmm. we get to Houston because we'd go to Houston, go from Mexico to Houston. We in, in my head, I was gonna go to, you know, we go to Sabaro, get a little some food. We got two hours to rest, you know. We'll go to the gate. So as soon as the flight starts boarding, we'll get right on that. The delay made it to where we had thirty minutes to get from from Houston, Houston's customs to the the gate to go to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't gonna happen. So we had to go, Sierra had to turn in Peyton Manning on the fly, she called an audible. Mm-hmm. The lady at the gate was said, well, this plane's going to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Can you go to New Jersey? And I was like, no, you need to get us to Baltimore. Yeah. And they were like, well, <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah. So I'd fuck off. You yeah. know, it was very, they very, <laughs> flights are like very, they, this shit happens all the time. So when it happens to you, it's the worst thing in the world. But to them, it's like, Here's a coupon for a hotel, mm-hmm. and you can get some uh, um, continental breakfast in the morning. So they just have them on deck, just to, oh yeah for the situation. Yeah, because they they're not going to be able to accommodate you getting to where you're going once something goes wrong. I want to know what yeah. how much expenses they put aside for that, as far as a percentage. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they're not losing much putting you in a rinky, <laughs> in a rinky dink <laughs> airport hotel yeah. with fucking. 
Salisbury steak and gravy. It's not like it's not top of the line. Oh, it wasn't okay. the resort we were staying oh, at. You know, right. it was. It's like a bed and a TV oh, okay. and a Some lamp. Bullshit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so okay. they're they're fine. Um, but my my mentality kicked in Amer- super American very quickly. Was you need to get me to Baltimore today mm-hmm. because that's what I paid for. Yeah. And they were like, no, we can't. So yeah. you can go to New Jersey in the next two minutes because you have two minutes to decide this flight's boarding and it's leaving. Mm. So you can go to New Jersey or you can go to Houston at 515 and you can stay in Houston for two days maybe. Yeah. And so Sierra, I was, you know, I was pouting in a corner. I was very mad. I was like, no, mm-hmm. they need to fix this. Yeah. And I'm not going anywhere until you fix it and send me to Baltimore today. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that wasn't going to happen. Right. So Sierra stepped in and took over and we'll get on the flight. We'll go to Newark. We ended up going to Newark. Um, getting a rental a rental car and driving the three hours from Newark, New Jersey, back to Baltimore. So we ended up getting in late. Um, so my story is not very long. It was been it's been a hectic couple of days. Um, so but hey, it could be no episode, and I could be in uh, Houston until Monday. So yeah. we're here, we're surviving, we're thriving, and David Goggins got me through because on that flight I was stewing. I was like, I can't. <laughs> we don't live anywhere near. New- we're flying to New Jersey. I mean, it's not that crazy. It's crazy when you. Weren't expecting it. Yeah. I don't like change, man. I'm a very schedule-oriented person. I'm like, well, we got to the airport nice and early, mm. and we're going to get to the airport in Houston nice and early, and we're going to be in Baltimore, go to get our car, and go home. Yeah. This was a whole thing. We had to end up eating at Roy Rogers. Yeah. I mean, it ain't like you get a, sh- a flight to Chicago or something like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and then we would have just been in Houston. Yeah. I'm not driving. For, I don't even know how long. 17 hours. Not, that's not happening. Anyway, the point is... Uh, Puerto Vallarta is a beautiful city. I had mm-hmm. an incredible time. It was a wonderful five days to just kind of recharge. And now it's good to be back. I have to work tonight, actually. Like, so I'm, I'm throwing. Okay. You know, fresh out of the frying pan in the fire. You're better I'm, than me. I, I, I yeah, I could call out, but the reason I would have would just be I don't want to go. It's not a scheduling okay. conflict or anything like that. I can go. I'm here, and mm-hmm. then I have plenty of time to prepare and things like that. So I'm gonna go. Anyways, we're going to move on. That's enough talking about Mexico, even though I highly recommend it. Uh, we, we, went on a, we went on a photos and um, food tour by this wonderful woman named Star. Look her up on, on TripAdvisor if you're, on, if you're ever in Puerto Vallarta. I highly recommend. She's an amazing person, a wonderful spirit, super kind person. And our tour where we saw La Ballenas in the sea mm-hmm. was by Mike's Charters and Tours. Also on TripAdvisor, highly recommend the guy named Emilio. He was super knowledgeable about the whales and told us about you know their dorsal fins and what mating is. You know what girl whales, they hit the whole squad off? No. So if it's eight whales, eight dude whales come up to the girl whale and they're like, what's up? In this mating season, she'll hit all the dudes off. And that's the party doesn't stop till all the homies get it. Yeah, you know, so good for her, man. Good for the whales. She, she has all the babies? All the babies? Yeah, whales? yeah, yeah. Well, they only have, like, one baby at a time. Oh. They don't, like, bust out, like, a bunch of babies. So oh. it's, like, whoever, whichever one succeeds, but the, all the dudes flee. Hmm. And then they get a little stepdad. Sometimes it's a girl, sometimes it's a guy, but whoever's there when the baby pops out, if there's another whale there, they'll help the baby get up to the, because whales are mammals, mm-hmm. they'll help the babies get up to the to the top of the ocean to come out so they can breathe and that creates a bond mm. so then that whale will stick around with the whale the mom that just had the baby mm. in hopes of getting the mate first mm. so he'll you know hey yeah hey i can buy you some jordans kid and stick around with the with the baby whale and that mom and they escort him around for a little bit in hopes of when she's ready to go again he gets first dibs 
So what if it's a female? My female. Then they just do it out of the love. It's okay. just out, out of love. It's it's out of love That's either crazy. way. But if it's a dude, it's like, uh, did those stitches heal or whatever? Mm, I don't know. I haven't. I don't have. I haven't had yeah. a pregnant girlfriend or anything. But you know, are you healed up? Yeah. Let's go. And he like gets dibs. Mm. That's his goal. Dibs. Oh, yeah, gotcha. yeah, that's his goal. So it's like I'll take care of your kid for a little bit, but is it time yet? Mm. And that's kind of so that was interesting to see that you know, you know, no matter what kind of mammal you are, all dudes are dogs. You yeah. know, it's, at the end of the day, you know, it's just kind of genetic. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I wanted to move on <clears throat> because I got wind of this story. I don't know who, if somebody tagged me in it or if I just caught wind of it because the stories are different when you're in another country. Mm-hmm. Like the like. The trending in Mexico, mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. It was an all Mex. It was all in Spanish and yeah. celebrities that we don't know about and their drama. So um, I found out about this um, this country in, in, in Africa called the Gambia, mm-hmm. and there's it's become like this sex tourism pedophile vacation spot. And I've always been concerned about sex tourism in Africa because I remember a few years ago, I I watched a documentary about it happening in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And these Western European men were coming to Kenya and buying, you know, 13, 12 year old girls for nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. it was the same way in Mexico. Five dollars in Mexico. You give somebody a five dollar tip in Mexico. It's like, oh, my. Thank you so much. Yeah. But to us, it's nothing. So these Western people will come from, you know, Europe and, 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 and Germany and things and come to Kenya with however many euros and giving them to these people who are literally starving. And it would change their life. But to them, it's just like, whatever. Yeah. And they get to have sex with young children. And it was happening a lot in Kenya. But Kenya went through a whole a whole transition period because they were having like political wars and mm. famine and droughts. And now it seems like the Gambia, which is more of a oceanside city, mm. has become the new kind of beach reservation vacation spot for pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And it's really terrifying, man, because that 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 continent and those pockets of that country have been um, brutally taken advantage of by Western civilization for generations. And the newest thing that that has been happening in our lifetime is. You see Angelina Jolie go over there and Sandra Bullock go over there mm-hmm. and you go, oh, a black kid. And they yeah. just go, oh, you're coming to America. Yeah. And that's, I don't know what that is. I guess that's beautiful. That's sweet. They're saving a child or whatever. But they don't just get to do that because they're Angelina Jolie and, and Sandra Bullock. They get to do it because it's a dirt poor country with terrible, you know, uh, bureaucracy and they don't have paperwork and it's mm-hmm. easy to just come and just take a kid. Mm-hmm. So every kid that, that's that still happens when it's not Angelina Jolie and fucking Sandra Bullock. That can happen with some pedophile from from the UK. Mm-hmm. And it is happening. They'll come there, you know, have sex with them, with these kids for food and all these things, and then just get to leave holding hands with them publicly around the city. It's really disturbing. I, I really think that, you know, um, there needs to be more of a spotlight put on that. It's not just happening in the Gambia, but this is the latest spot that I'm finding out about. Mm-hmm. It's just really disturbing because they're ruining these children's lives at such a young age. But they're also taking advantage of these people who are doing what they need to do literally to survive, like for food. Paying, giving money to who? The family? The children. No, the the kids. Like, the kids are, the kids have gotten to a point where. um, So it's like a trade. Yes. The way that you would, the way that you would go to any kind of third world country and somebody would be selling beads or, you know, little trinkets. Like, when we went to Jamaica, Mm -hmm. the people have caught wind and they are now doing that as their, this is our, this is how we get money from the tourists. Wow. Is with sex instead of, you know, trinkets or whatever, tours yeah. or whatever. It is sometimes to the family, though. Sometimes the, the, the families are, you know, quote unquote, renting out the kids mm. 
to these people. Mm. And um, it's really disturbing and it is incredibly prevalent and it's happening to thousands and thousands of kids all over that continent and all over the world, really. But I just wanted to really put a spotlight on the Gambia because nobody's going to speak up for these kids. Mm. If this was happening in fucking Australia, you know, right now, that, it would be the biggest story in the world. You know, when it was Catholic churches... For years, it wasn't spoken up, spoken about, but then enough people speak about it that they have to do a whole expose mm-hmm. about it. I don't see an expose coming out about the children of the Gambia. So I just think we all need to be aware and speak about it. And, and I don't know if there's anything you can do, but um, I don't think it's okay for a pedophile to be able to go to another country and pay to have sex with children as their vacation. Yeah. So um, that's my kind of PSA about that. Um, I'm not informed enough to go any further and you know try to you know give my take on you know why people do that Mm -hmm. but what i wanted to talk to you about was um i had also come across a discussion around the same time of hearing about this about chemical castration was being discussed about being brought back into place some in some state in america and chemical castration is basically they inject, you know, you know, sex offenders with something and then they can't get an erection anymore. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I have my, I know I have I know what my thoughts are, but I just wanted to hear from a different perspective than mine before I, I give mine. What what how do you feel when you hear that? About them injecting this something these like pedi- the, the like at like the prison. Like as a part oh. of your punishment as a part of your punishment. For raping a child, mm-hmm. we are going to chemically castrate you. Yeah, that's fine. See, that's another one of those things where it's like, in theory, in theory, it's fine to me because mm-hmm. this is my this is my perspective. In theory, it's in theory, I don't, I have no sympathy for pedophiles. Yeah, let me make that clear off the jump. But chemically castrating a person would imply that their motives are purely physical, mm-hmm. so that once they can't have sex anymore, they don't desire to do anything with children anymore. And I don't think that's the case. And I'm not a psychologist and I don't have any facts to back this up. But we've done stories on this podcast where people have been mutilated and raped with objects Mm -hmm. because it's believed that the person was impotent. Mm -hmm. And chemical castration would be no different than being impotent. You can't get an erection, but you can still want to dominate a kid or dominate a woman or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can still have that desire to do that. And then you just manifest it in another way. You know, so I, I don't know if chemical castration is... In theory, it's like, oh, yeah, well, if they can't have boners anymore, then they can't rape kids. And it's like they they can do other things to get their satisfaction, though. And But it's uh, not that, though, which, which is what got them in there. That's a fair point. And again, I don't have any statistics to back up what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we've done stories on this podcast. I've read plenty of stories. I've watched shows about, you know, um, assaults and all these kind of things where foreign objects were used. And if I, my point is. Maybe they don't use foreign objects when they when they aren't chemically castrated. They like to, you know, physically have sex with whoever, you mm-hmm. know, kids, women, what, you know, whatever. Once they can't, I'm saying I don't know if the desire to do so just goes away because they can't do it with their penis anymore. My concern is that they just transfer that into something else. That's my concern. But, but it again, doesn't I have, have to no physically be with their penis, though, is what I'm trying to say. You're saying, okay, you, I, to me it sounds like you're saying... That if they can do it with an object, if that's cut off, then hold on. I feel like what, I'm, what I'm saying is, if you chemi- chemically castrate somebody, right. they can't have sex with their penis anymore. Right. But if they get out and they still have the desire to 
molest children mm-hmm. and they can't use their penis, they might substitute their penis with something else. I'm saying I'm I'm saying I don't know if chemical castration removes the desire to sexually assault people. Mm-hmm. They might just transfer it to something else. That's what I'm saying. Transfer it to something else that means using a using an stick. object, using but, whatever. But yeah, I get that. But if you don't get the feeling, I'm saying if you I'm I feel like I I, I don't know, but I feel like when you do that, even if you're using a foreign object or whatever, you still get an you still get some type of erection from it. You still some get some type of enjoyment from it. Again, so, but I don't know. Get, right, that's me either. I'm saying, but that's, that's what I'm just assuming. Uh-huh. But I'm saying if you can't get that, then I feel like you know me using a a broomstick or whatever it is. I I just I just I wouldn't get no feeling from it from them. Yeah, but saying. my but my point is, we we know of cases where people they aren't chemically castrated. They just are impotent. Mm. Maybe they get an erection when they use these foreign objects still. But my 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 uh, summation is they use the broomsticks or whatever because they can't get an erection. Mm-hmm. So I, the sac the sexual gratif- gratification that they are getting mm-hmm. might not be in a uh, an erection. Mm-hmm. It might just be the feeling of I inserted this into a person. Okay, and that's a whole you. different thing. I don't I don't I don't know if people are using foreign objects to get boners. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, I'm not a specialist. There's a there's an animal fight. Hey, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. We're having a very serious conversation. Bella, we're having a very serious conversation. Can you... That's enough? All right, that broke up the tension of that. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and... Um, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, I don't... I'm sorry. If if, if uh, Theo had a, another leg... Oh, he would destroy would, Bella. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would destroy... <laughs> it, it, wouldn't even, it, wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be close. Um, <laughs> what I want to do is... I want to um, take a quick break. I want to play some music from the beach and what i was listening to on the beach was la cancion by that j balvin and baboni uh so i mean you just went all you went all in on it huh it's a good time when you're on a beach you got tropical drinks in your hand you know <laughs> you, you can't help but be listening to you know that 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 new reggaeton sound mm-hmm. you know you know even though that's puerto rico but it's still the same vibe yeah. i don't know what they're saying but i dig the vibes okay so uh this is that bad bunny and j balvin and when we come back we're gonna talk about some fucked up shit albeit not very long but um, we're here and it's free. So uh, bow. And uh, when we come back, when we talk about some fucked up shit, so stick around. Que cantamos bien borracho, que bailamos bien borracho, nos besamos bien borracho los dos. Pensaba que te había olvidado. Pero pusieron la canción. Cuando creía que por comerme a dos o diez te olvidaría Cogí un respiro y me salí de la vía Y como un pendejo no sabía lo que hacía Nunca lo superé, nunca te superé Hasta me aprendí toda la balada en inglés Respiré y conté hasta tres Eres la fantasía oscura de Kanye West, bebé hey, Hace tiempo lo barato me salió caro Ya solo tuiteo a la loca disparo Como olvidar la bella que era en el All right, and we are back. 
friend. As I said, I was able to kind of pull a story out of my ass. Metaphorically speaking, of course, stories aren't in your ass. Yeah. Um, and this week, I will be telling the affirmative murder of Mr. Carl Tanzler. Okay. A man who fell in love with a patient in an unconventional kind of way. Hmm. Doctor, nurse, or? We'll get to it. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, in 1931, Carl Tanzler fell in love with a patient he was treating for tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. This love made him determined to keep his patient alive. That's sweet. While, uh, which he attempted to do quite literally by removing her corpse from the mausoleum it was housed in and holding it together with coats, hangers, and wax and silk. What? A dead body? She was dead. Carl Tanzler was born in, 19, in 1877 and reportedly studied weather patterns in, Aust- in Austria in 1910, where he stayed until the end of World War I. Hmm. So she got a little hectic out there, and he got out of there. Also, apparently that movie 1917, really good. It's about World War One. Did you see it? No, but oh, I've seen, it. I've heard the reviews. It's in theaters or something, right? It's in theaters, okay, and yeah. it's like, I'm if I don't see it in theaters, then I won't go see it. It's mm-hmm. one of those kind of movies. Yeah. It's a Pearl Harbor. It's mm-hmm. a Avatar. I mean, you almost have like a theater in here. Yeah, but no, but the sound and all, it's a whole thing. That TV... It is nice. I like my TV, <laughs> but it's not a. It's not a. You know, the IMAX. That's you got to go see it in the IMAX. Mm. Um. So if I don't see it, then in that way, I probably mm-hmm. will never watch it because okay. it's not worth it. Um. Upon returning home, Tanzler married and had two children in 1920, and the family immigrated to Zephrilis. Zephrils. Some Zephrils, Florida. Man, it's parts of Florida you just don't yeah. even. I've yeah. never heard is of that. that. Still relevant now. Or? I don't know. <laughs> that might I'm, maybe that's uh, maybe that's Tampa Bay, Florida. Now I don't know. Florida's they're really finicky down there. Just yeah. like we'll call this something else uh-huh. now. This is Daytona. <laughs> uh, yeah, Z P Z E P H R Z E P H Y Zephyr Hills. We'll say Zephyr Hills. Any of the Floridians? We have to look that up. Yeah, any of the Floridians out there? Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know if you live in Zephyr Hills, Florida. Yeah, you probably they probably like fucking play banjo and like eat possum that, that sounds like that sounds like some uh some everglades shit. yeah mm-hmm. anyway um yeah uh tanzler quickly abandoned his family after accepting a position at as a radiologic technician in key west beautiful city mm. highly recommend key west florida uh where he worked at the u.s marine hospital under the name count carl von kossel where did he come up with that i don't know he, he wanted to be getting his fancy bag he's like i'm a count and they were like, okay, you can be whatever you want in Key West. They have this thing called Fantasy Fest down there, and everybody just dresses how they wants to. Dicks out, tits out. Oh. It's a party, paint <laughs> on your dick, paint on your tits. Really? Cheeks, your butt cheeks are painted. One's Ronald Reagan, the other one's fucking Malcolm X. It's all. It's a whole thing. How was that there. fantasy? I don't, I don't it's know. whatever your fantasy is. Zombies, p- politics, maybe you wanted The Rock to be president. So everybody's just not naked? Everybody's naked? Everybody's naked. Yeah, everybody's is that, naked. Is that like a requirement or? It's not a requirement, but oh. it's very encouraged. Okay. Yeah, throw some glitter on your tits. Have a party. Hmm. Um, when a Cuban-American woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos... Uh, I thought you were done. No, okay. no. Yeah, you thought. Uh, walked into the hospital, the doctor saw before him an actual dream come true. Born in Key West in 1909, the daughter of a cigar maker and a homemaker, Hoyos was, a, was raised in a large family and was brought to the hospital by her mother after becoming ill with Mm. tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. 
As a young boy in Germany, Tanzler would often have visions of a stunning, dark-haired woman who was, who was predestined to be his one true love, even though he married a woman and had two children by her, yeah. and then quickly abandoned her mm-hmm. in Tenzer Hill or whatever that place <laughs> was. Uh, the 22-year-old beauty resembled his childhood uh, premonition so closely that he immediately became convinced that their love was meant to be. Mm. So I'm sure he came on super cool, wasn't creepy at all, wasn't staring at her. Yeah. He totally made her feel comfortable. Dude is delusional. Very. Oh, yeah. Well, as I alluded to, she she met a fate and he didn't care about the fate that she <laughs> met. He still wanted to have the, his um, true love. Uh, unfortunately for them both, Tanzler's prognosis for young Hoyos was not great. Having diagnosed her with, tubo- with tuberculosis, which was still considered to be a fatal disease in the early 1900s, despite the lack of qualifications needed to treat a tuberculosis patient, t- uh, Tanzler was determined to save Hoyos and used a variety of specially made tonics, elixirs, and medications in a f- in effort to do so. So he just started made. mixing. Yeah, he's meaning just, he did. Himself. Yeah, he just started mixing some shit up. He's like, "This is the you know the eye of a newt, uh, the eye of a newt, and and uh, some basil and uh, smoked halibut, yeah, yeah. and uh, Drano and a four leaf clover." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it smokes, and he's like, "This," and then you don't drink it. You rub it on your chest, and yeah. then you sleep in a blanket with corn in it for five days, and then she dies <laughs> because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, nineteen hundreds, and it's all it's all um, cockamamie bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Carl Tanzler administered these treatments to Hoyos' family, uh, to uh, Hoyos' family home, showering her with gifts and declaring his love all the while. Now imagine you're on your deathbed mm. because this is tuberculosis. Let's liken it to, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, another kind of deadly disease that still exists today. Mm. You're on your deathbed, and this dude, you know, this dude who is your doctor, supposed to be treating you, is also like, you look very pretty today. I brought you some flowers. Mm. Um, did I tell you how beautiful your skin looks in the moonlight? Her f- skin is like flush and pale, mm. and, and, and you know there's no color in her cheeks, yeah. and he's still like, um, would you mind if I kiss you? He's like the skunk from, from the um, cartoon movies. Mm-hmm. You remember that cartoon French skunk? Yeah. Just kissing all along. Mm-hmm. That guy, that skunk was very- uh, He had like a bow tie, right? They had a bow tie on or something? I don't know, but he was very predatory. Yeah. Um, even as a kid, I was like, I don't think she wants you to do that, man. <laughs> you haven't gotten her consent. And he'd, uh, you know, he'd be kissing on their wrists and all these kind of things. Very inappropriate cartoon. One of many. I'm going to get back to the story. Back to this. Um, so, yeah. So, this woman is dying of an illness. And mm-hmm. this guy is harassing her, bringing her gifts. Like, I don't want gifts, man. Can you give me medical attention? I need health. Yeah. I don't need gifts. What am I going to do with a gift? A bracelet if I'm dead. Mm-hmm. But that didn't seem to stop him. Hmm. We all know where this is going. So maybe he was like, well, I still like the bracelet on your wrist, even if your wrist is dead. So take the bracelet. Yeah. Keep it on. We'll keep it on. It's pretty. Uh, despite his best efforts, Hoyos succumbed to her illness in October of 1931, leaving her family and newly obsessed caretaker heartbroken. Tanzler insisted on purchasing a pricey stone mausoleum in Key West in a Key West cemetery for her remains to lay, and with her parents' permission, hired a mortician to prepare her body before locking her inside. So I, I, again, I think I have not finished this story. I'm reading this in real time, as I've said. This was last minute kind of thing. I think I know where this is going. I think he's about to pull the old switcheroo. Fake body. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I took care of that family. I took yeah. care of the burial. The body's taken care of. Everything's all fine. And he snuck away with her. What I thought was, I was thinking that he was going to go um, just tell the family, you know, I'll, like, 
just I'll take care of it. We don't mm-hmm. need to do all that. And then just or or he just lied about it. About she's still alive. It's, she's fine. Whoa. Some you shit. Yeah. So you got you on the brain. Let's see what happens, shall we? Uh, Hoyos' family didn't realize that the only key to the tomb would, rem- re- would remain in Tansler's possession. Mm-hmm. Tansler would quickly take it. If, if this is like, and there was a glass box inside of the tomb, and she was in there alive the whole time reading books. And like, this is the inspiration Whoa. of you. Yeah. Um, it's not, though. Uh, she's dead. Uh, Tansler would quickly take advantage of this privilege of having the only key to the tomb, mm-hmm. which would result in one of the most macabre tales of all time. Macabre just dark for those who I, I really don't like that word, but it's in here and I, I said it and I don't like it. But macabre is just like dark and eerie and, you know, taboo. Tansler visited Hoyos's grave every night for nearly two years. Wow. I, yeah. So he really watched that body just kind of wither away. Uh, oh, so he would. Never mind. Go. I don't know. <laughs> I think I knew what you were going to ask. I don't know if he was doing all that. Mm. Uh, this habit stopped abruptly after he lost his job for reasons unknown. And I think I know the reasons. He's a creepy fuck and probably was doing who knows what yeah. to the patients or making people feel uncomfortable. Uh, while her family did consider the drastic change in behavior to be a bit strange, they could not have imagined the reason behind it. In April of 1933, Carl Tanzler removed Hoyos's body from the mausoleum, no longer requiring him to make his nightly visits to the graveyard as he as she would now be housed in his own home. So, again, he took her two years after she died. So two years has passed. So this is a this is a this is like a skeleton corpse. Okay, I was about to say, was that was they doing like um. What is it? Embalming? Was this? I don't know. It's early. It's 1930s, man. So so everything was just still. Possibly. That's gross. You know, I I don't know if they were embalming people pre, you know, World War II. I don't know. That might be a new technique. So you just throw a body into a casket and then that's it. Put some makeup on it. It was probably mostly cosmetic, you know. Mm. Uh, But, you know, again, I I don't. If we have any people that work in the, um, uh, in the death field i don't yeah. know what that's called my what is that called when you work at like a, a a funeral home if you're in the funeral home business let us know i mean maybe you have some facts maybe you're up on that you, you know the you know the deep facts of uh embalming and when it started yeah. and does i mean know. doesn't like start oozing and like blow oh, yeah, up yeah, and man. oh some fucking vile shit happens to a body after it dies the skin f- falls off it's some fucking vile shit so happens. he just oh that's what i was saying was he going to was he like looking at the body, he oh was yeah, he loved visiting, her. He just... loved her. He loved her. But I'll show you a picture of what the body looked like, um, at least with the face. You know, uh, that's crazy. When they found it in his apartment, uh, yeah. So he moved the body to his home two years after you know losing his job, and you yeah. know, so he's like, oh, these visits are getting a little too hard to do. So I'm going to take her. Mm. Uh, now two years deceased, Carl Tanzler was left with the task of maintaining Hoyos's cr- uh, corpse. He did this as needed inside of an old airplane he had repurposed into a makeshift medical laboratory. (laughs) This uh, Key West is this kind of town, though. You can just live down there in a a trailer, you know, from, you know, a really old trailer and Mm -hmm. just get by. It's beautiful weather and you can just make trinkets on the side of the road. And and that's a job. Wow. Like I use, uh, uh, you know, pipe cleaners and I make them into celebrity faces. 
And that's just a job in Key West. People will buy it, I guess. Well, yeah, man, people buy all kind of shit on, tour, on when you're a tourist. Yeah, you just buy, man, we bought all kind of bracelets and shit. Because those tourists down there in Mexico and anywhere, remember when we went to Jamaica, mm-hmm. they're good. Yeah. Oh, buy this. Oh, you got five? You got you get three bracelets for five. Yeah. I don't even need the one. I'm never going to wear a mm-hmm. green and yellow bracelet that says Viva Mexico on it. Yeah. Where am I going to wear this? I can't wear this to dinner here in America. Mm-hmm. It's not fly. You know, but when you're on vacation, they put the little braids in your hair. You got a couple dollars in your pocket. They hit you with some, oh, yeah, welcome home. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like a little, the, they hate you. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, you're officially a Mexicano. You yeah. know, and they're like, when you walk away, they're like, I got that sucker. Yeah. You know, but then again. Why, because you're American? Yeah. Well, so sometimes people go down there and they try to get a little too I'm a I'm a local, yeah. You know, arriba, doing too much shit. We do too mm. much. You know, don't walk That's around. Offensive. Yeah, don't just walk around with a sombrero on and you're obviously white. You know, yeah. don't get in that bag. Be a tourist and and have your boundaries and respect the culture and appreciate the culture. Don't try to buy in on the culture and you're a part of the culture. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna go into the taco stand. Can I make a taco? It's like, whoa, no. <laughs> this is a business. You can't just do whatever you want. People yeah. really go down there. And do whatever they want, man. It's Did really crazy. It? I mean, I was upset because I was, and this is tangent, but I was upset because we were in Puerto Vallarta. It's a, it's a, it's a bay city. Mm-hmm. So the water is, it's all along the water, beautiful water. But when you get downtown, that's where they have like the Senior Frogs and the Fat Tuesdays and all those American bars where you can get a daiquiri mm-hmm. that's like in a, in a neon pink cup with yeah. the long straw where the American people go. Yeah. And when you get down there, you'll see like a, one of those cups just sitting on the ground. And I know an American person did that. Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff. I didn't see anybody jump behind a taco stand and try to make a taco. Oh, okay. But it's just the arrogance. Don't bring that American shit to the This is a beautiful place. There's whales in the bay. They have a they they don't even you know they don't even they don't even um throw plates away. Mm-hmm. Like the plates at the taco stands, they just put like a condom on the on the plate. Like they put a plastic bag on the plate mm-hmm. and then you eat on, you know, your taco. And then they take the plastic bag off and they throw that away because it's recyclable. They can wash that and throw it away and they keep the plates. Okay. So it's not a bunch of paper plates and styrofoam and everywhere. shit everywhere. Yeah. Because they use the same like 10 plates, but they just put a a, a fresh piece of plastic on So you can't the walk away? No, they, they might say something. Hey, man, I need that plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to my story. So like I said, I, in case anybody missed what I said, he had an old plane, mm-hmm. an old airplane that he turned into his laboratory, like some kind of fucking Dr. Frankenstein shit. Yeah. Uh, there he looked up a number of DIY tricks to keep the young woman's decaying body intact, including plaster of, of Paris and glass eyes to maintain the integrity of her face, as well as coat hangers and other wires to stabilize her skeletal frame. Mm. So he basically turned her into like a marionette. He did a YouTube video, hmm. you know, uh, today we're going to make this body look alive. Yeah. And there's music playing and he's putting a f- mask on her and fake eyes. How and, did he find it? Was he reading a book? Yeah. Some probably some weird old spell book, you know, where it says where who even knows this yeah. so that could that recorded it in a book <laughs> to say, <laughs> That's well, what you, I mean. yeah, if you want to keep a body at your house for more than, you know, five years, here's how you do it. I don't know what book that is, and I don't want to. So he did all kind of stuff to kind of make her, you know, m- movable and mm-hmm. intact. So, like, her arm doesn't fall off or anything fucking grotesque. This is, like, this is really criminal what this yeah. person is doing. 
Uh, and I'm also, I always, that shit gives me the heebie-jeebies. Don't fuck with that bodies, man. I don't like, remember a couple years ago on Twitter, those videos, I don't know if they were in, um, like, um, the, like, Haiti or the Caribbean, but they, there was this trend, it might even have been in New Orleans, it might have been in some American cities, where they were propping up bodies at funerals like they were doing shit. Like kids? Like a plant, no, like grown men, like, oh, he loved being at the club, so we took him to the club, and he's sitting in a chair in the middle of the club. I'm seeing that more often. I'm seeing with kids that he like kids? he like playing video games, so they'll have him sitting in in the chair playing like. Xbox. See, I don't like that at all. You ain't seen that? I've, I've been, seen that. I didn't know I it was. A I've kid. been. I've yeah. seen like twice, two of those. That is just very disturbing to yeah. me. I feel like that just is. Um, he got like sunglasses on, sitting with a hat. Yeah, and, man. They, like I said, I told you that. Like I just said, there was one dude had a he had a crown on, and he was in the middle of the club. Yeah. You don't let that body rest, man. I'll put that man. Moving them all around, propping them up, put a glass of Hennessy in his hand. Come on, man. Don't. I don't like bodies being disturbed. It yeah. just feels like you're doing something to the spirit. That's just weird, man. You walk in there, you're just sitting up. It's like. Yeah, it's not a funeral. Yeah. You got an Xbox controller in your hand. I'm walking out of that funeral immediately. Yeah. That could be my pure. I love that person. I don't want to see that person go out like that. Nah. Fran, I got you, man. I'm not going to let them do nah. that to you, man. Yeah. I won't let them let you go out like that. They want to put you in the yeah. mail truck. Yeah. Do not, don't put no basketball in my hand. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do any of that. I love that stuff. Don't do any of that, man. I don't want to put you, uh, Duncan, Duncan, hanging from the rim. Yeah. Arms fall off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not letting you go out like that, man. I swear. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, he had her torso stuffed with rags in an attempt to preserve its original form. And He did this himself. I mean, he's just doing anything he can. To just, just make her look. Yeah, he basically turned her into like a scarecrow. This is really disturbing. It's gross. Uh, yeah. So he stuffed her with, with uh, rags to ke- help keep her original form, and he covered her scalp with bits of real hair. Tanzler added added copious amounts of perfumes, flowers, disinfectants, and preserving agents to keep the rotting odor at bay. At this point, how does how is this the same person that you fell in this love is with? Drink, this is, uh, I wanna I wanna say it's that thing of. It's like Norman Bates. I mean, no. Yeah, Norman Bates. Yeah. Uh, he, he had his mom. She was dead in the basement. He took care of her, whatever. Mm. But she, he swore she talked to him. Mm. And it's like he sees what he sees. You know, so he, when I was, if I walked into this apartment and saw this grotesque scene, in his mind, she's like, oh, I love you, Tansler. I love you. Mm. This is the best place ever. But it's just like a, a dead body. Is what I have to imagine. He's like, this is this was fate. This is my this is my dream person. So it has to work, even in death. It is very disturbing. Oh yeah, so he sprayed the he sprayed the apartment with flowers and fucking put sprays and oh man to mm. keep the 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 smell yeah from overpowering the the room. Um, he routinely applied mortician's wax to Hoyos's face in an effort to keep her alive, quote unquote. I don't know what mortician's wax is. Maybe that's what puts the glow, hmm. you know, cause like, that's one thing I noticed and that's, I've only been to one funeral and I, I don't plan on going to any anytime soon, but you, that, that like, that glow is real. Like a body that is, is just dead. It just, it's no color. There's no yeah. life in it. So maybe this wax makes it. That puts the color in yeah. to make it look like they're just asleep. Yeah. Um, Carl Tanzler had the corpse wrapped in a dress, gloves, and jewelry, 
and placed the body in his own bed, which he shared with the corpse for the next seven years. Wow, I was gonna say days. No, seven years he had this body in his apartment, sleeping in the bed with her. Maybe he had two twin beds and he just put them together. That's still a bed. That's still one bed. <laughs> that is that is that 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 wouldn't make this better. That is terrifying. With pretty much the entire town talking about the reclusive man often seen buying women's clothes and oh yeah, this dude probably looks nuts, man. Yeah. It and Key West is a small island, so if you're dating somebody, people know. So they're like, is he wearing the clothes? Mm. Like, what is? Why is he always buying women's clothes all the time? And perfume and all the you know. So oh man, yeah, I didn't even think about how he looks to people. That's why he lost his job, walking around being a creep. Yeah, or he just didn't go to work. Oh, he spent all his time at home with wifey. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so he was he was known as the guy buying women's clothes and perfume on uh, on top of one local boy's account of witnessing the doctor dancing with what appeared to be a giant doll. So some boy walked past his apartment, saw him dancing with what he thought was a big blow up doll, and that added to man, that dude's weird. He just, he dresses up this doll. He has this doll in his house, yeah, and he dresses it up. What a weirdo! They don't even know. They don't even know, bro. Hoyos' family began to suspect that something was off. After Hoyos' sister showed up at Tansler's home in 1940, the jig was up. There, she found what she believed to be a real life-sized uh, effigy of her departed sister. So they, she didn't even, she just thought it was weird and creepy, but she didn't know it was her sister, literally. What um, what made them go to the apartment? Did they go to well, the Well, they, I think that he had, and like ingratiated himself into the family by paying for the mausoleum and being the person who took care of her when she was dying. Mm-hmm. So I think he became like a family friend. Also, he was the only oh, person they who had just, a, they just went to check up on him. Yeah. Also, he was the only oh. person that had a key to the mausoleum. So he could have been ducking them about that. I don't know the exact reason, but I would assume they kept in touch and had some kind of relationship. Like I said, Key West is a small island. Everybody knows everybody. And this is the guy that tried to save your daughter and your sister. Yeah. So maybe they just were like, let's go check up on Tansler. Um, but like I said, so she walks in, sees this doll, quote unquote, and Mm -hmm. thinks, oh my God, he's crazy. He made a doll of my sister. What a creep. Yeah. But she has no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So in fact, Hoyo, Hoyo, Hoyo's herself. In fact, the doll was Hoyo's herself. Uh, the police came and arrested Tansler for grave robbing. So it wasn't immediately discovered that um, it was it was Hoyos, but after a little bit of time and piecing things together, she goes, "Oh, I'm I'm calling the police." Yeah. And the police, you know, arrested him for grave robbing. The autopsy of the body revealed the intricacies of Tansler's work, which included a paper tube inserted between her legs. Oh, forming a makeshift vagina. Although Tansler never admitted to committing any necrophilic acts. Oh. I'm not, I'm not shocked. I didn't think, I didn't know he would like put a thing in there. Jesus yeah. Christ. A psychiatric evaluation determined that Tansler was competent to stand trial. I don't know how, they just must really <laughs> wanted to arrest this guy. Yeah. They, there's no way he's competent to do anything. Uh, Tansler was, yeah, he was competent to stand trial. Although some reports state that his ultimate plans involving flying Hoyos high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore life into her somnolent body. 
I'm not familiar with that it's word. Like a proven fact, though. No, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's not Superman. He's gonna. He basically wanted to shoot her into the the sky. Yeah. And then the energy from the sky would bring her back to life. No, that's not proven. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's make believe. That's that's bullshit stuff. But but somehow he was competent to stand trial. Despite everything, the statute of limitations had expired for the crime he was accused of committing, leaving Tansler free to go. Wow. Hoyos' body was placed on display at a local funeral home where nearly 7,000 people came to see the corrupted corpse for themselves. Why? Because the story was nuts, man. And I'll show you a picture. Uh, her body was finally laid to rest once and for all in, a, in an unmarked grave in Key West Cemetery. Carl Tanzler actually received quite a bit of compassion during his trial, with some even viewing him as a hopeless, albeit eccentric, romantic. Wow. Nevertheless, he went on to live out the rest of his days alone and died in his home in 1952, where he was discovered three weeks after his passing because nobody cares about him. Yeah. And, um, yes, so that was the story of Carl Tanzler, and this is a picture of what the body looked like. Is it gross? It's disturbing. It looks like a doll. That's um, Carl Tanzler on the left. Uh. That's Carl Tanzler on the re- on the left, and that is Miss um, Hoyas on the right. Now, this is her... That's her after he did everything that he did to her. Wrapped her body, put real hair on her head, um, put fake eyes on her face, and all that. I mean, she like she's wrapped in like newspaper. Or like paper mache. Yeah, probably gauze. It's probably gauze to keep her skin from falling wow. off. Wow. Yeah. And this is like a wig? or It's real hair. I don't know from where, because he doesn't have hair. So I'll, that's a whole other question. Eyelash. Wow. Yeah, yeah, super disturbing shit, man. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, wow, man. How wow. could you even... Wow. The things you do for love, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I can, nothing, I can say... Nothing remotely close. I can say that confidently. I would mourn Sierra and, and would never find a love like the one that I have, but her ass is going wherever she's going. I'm not going to So she didn't get buried, buried until like 10 years later. Yeah. He put her in a mausoleum. That's crazy. For two years, so she got rest there. Yeah. Then he was like, "This, this, uh, this commute is not working for me. Bringing her with me home." Kept her there for seven years. Got caught, and then she finally got laid to rest. So, that is you nuts. know, um, prayers up to the Hoyos family. Uh, that is a legacy that I'm sure they still. That's something that every generation knows about. That this fucking. I wonder what his apartment smelled like. Oh God! You know, you know how um, you ever like fart and then you spray some air freshener to try to cover it up. Yeah, imagine that like times a billion. Like you use an axe after. Going to yeah, that. exactly. That it's that kind of thing where yeah. it's like it smells like flowers and death yeah. and and lilac in here. It's a weird. It never. You can't cover up funk. Yeah, you have to clean the. And this is just a message to anybody. This isn't about having dead people in any in, in a place. This is the you know teenagers with funky rooms, mm-hmm. uh, people with smelly gym lockers, whatever. You have to clean the locker. You just can't spray fucking Chanel cologne in the locker. Yeah, that's not how that works. It's still funky, and now you've created some kind of weird, you know, high class funk. Yeah, it's disgusting. Clean it. And then you then spray things and light incense and all these kinds of things. You can't just cover up funk. I don't care what the Febreze commercials say. They're lying. Yeah. Those commercials weren't true. You think those people were really in a dumpster and they didn't know it? They show commercials when they sp- spray the Febreze and it, uh, the the freshness of the bubble goes over the over germ, the, the germ, the germ, uh, the germ of the, the funk. Yeah. Like at a at a at a micro level. Yeah. That's what it. Come on. 
Come on, Febreze. That's lying. I'm sure I've never looked, but I'm sure like while that's happening underneath is like this isn't really how it happens. Yeah. Like in little white words, like this is not really how this works. Mm-hmm. It's just spray. They have to say that because that's a lie. Yeah, it's, it 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 grabs onto the funk and it and covers it in Febreze odor mm-hmm. and then it keeps it locked in, sealed. No, it's just it's just it's just it's fruity water. Yeah, it's all it is. It's all it is. That's all any spray is. There's no spray that is more better for funk than other. Now, poopery does a very good job of masking funk when you poop, but it's not gone. The poop smell is not gone. It's just so overpowered by the poopery. Is that what you spray in a bowl, right? Yeah, you spray right in the bowl. Right after you poop, flush it, couple poopery sprays, and it's gone. Wow. Yeah, so that I take back what I said. Poopery works very well. Poopery. Get it on Amazon. You go to Walmart. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. My pants. <laughs> uh, when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. <laughs> All right. And we are back. Fran, please, it is your turn. So I will step back and take my silence. Yeah. So my friend of murder this week is about uh, this is the murder of Vanessa Honey Malone. Um, this is Cold Case Files. Again, I love cold case files. Yes, um, good job. I got this story from um, from NBC News mm. news article. Okay. This is written by Jackie Montalvo. So I want to like come back saying, you know, eh, just get you know one day this. If anybody sorry, thinks that, podcast, if anybody, but, yeah, if anybody accuses us of plagiarism, yeah. just so just know we don't do any research other than the research that other people have already yeah. done. I've never called a <laughs> jail or got in my own quotes or yeah. anything of that sort. I would never uh, pretend to or say that I did. Yeah. Now, will I take all the things that I have read and write my own kind of soliloquy about it? Yeah, absolutely, because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking poet. Sometimes I like to get these bars off. But a lot of the times we are um, citing other sources that yeah. we've gotten the information from most of the time. But yes, thank you for doing that, friend. Yeah, just don't we, want nobody to come back. Yeah, we don't want to get a clue. If you accuse us of plagiarism, plagiarism that's hilarious. Like, yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> I'm not getting I'm not getting no money from this. I yeah. don't understand what... You're not getting no fame coming at me about plagiarism. No, yeah, no. Just let you know that. <laughs> anyway, so for the family of Vanessa Honey Malone, um, the night of October 23rd, 2012, was playing out like any other night. And then just, you know... Playing stories, out? Yeah. So she's stories, a little girl? She was a teenager, but oh, okay. just saying that this is this night is like any other night before this tragic incident. Right, happened. right, right. But when you hear that and begin the story, it's like everything can go fine, normal until yeah, just, something just goes wrong. I think about that often, man. Like all the times I went outside and was out till the street lights came on, a van could have rolled by. Yeah, man. So. I was thinking the other day, like we used to be out a lot. And a lot, then, bro. Walking, super fortunate, just just walking late at night, long distances. Yeah, man. Doing goofy shit, just not smart. Yeah, not smart things. <laughs> we should be very thankful that we're alive. Right, right. Uh, so, Honey's mom, Flora Malone, picked up her 18 year old daughter from work. Honey was living with her mom um, in Stone Mountain, Georgia, at the mm. time, and they headed home to end their day. You know, that's where the birth of the Ku Klux Klan. No, Stone Mountain. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only thing I just know Stone Mountain from uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah, he's from Stone Mountain. He's from there. He's from Stone Mountain, Georgia. I know he's from Georgia. I didn't know he was from there. Yeah. Shout out to Donald Glover. Wow. South. I'm okay. I don't need to go down there. Um, so they were ho- headed home that to end their day. That is, until Honey told her mom she was going out. So, as teenagers do, Honey went out with friends. 
she di- she'd done it countless nights before, but this time, Honey didn't come home. Mm. The night began innocently. Innocently, innocently enough, Honey was very tired when they came home. F- when she came home from work, mm-hmm. and her mom said it was odd that all of a sudden she wanted to go out. So she came home. She was tired. Went on the way home. I'm tired. She got her second win. Yeah, but then wanted to, got a text or something. And then yeah. Was like, you well, know what, what years? That's what I was gonna ask you. It's 2012. Is this? Oh yeah, she definitely got a text or something. Like that. <clears throat> yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm gonna go out now. Yeah. To this it, day, it was that that person that has that ability. Yeah. A boy. Always. Or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so to this day, no one knows who she was going to meet or why. Mm. Honey's mother and sister believe that whoever texted her or called her lured her to an apartment in a neighboring complex. Yeah. In a neighboring complex, sorry. Mm. So police did not know why she went to that apartment or how she got there. Shortly after Honey left home, Flora said she heard what was what she initially thought was fireworks in the um the neighboring apartment complex. Fireworks? Fireworks. That's what she thought mm. it was. She thought it was fireworks. Mm. I know what that means. Um my mom is like this. Honey's sister Cassandra Kennedy explained to Dateline. When she hear when she hears something like that, she always calls to check up on us to make sure that we're okay. So Flora called Honey, but there was no answer. At first she at first she didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Um Anything of it, this had happened before where Honey's cell phone was turned off. Mm. But when she started to see emergency vehicles, she called again, and Honey did not pick up. Mm. This time, Mom was freaking out. Um, this is what Cassandra told Dateline, right. her older sister. I think it's her older sister. So this is when Floor, Floor heard banging on the front door. She opened it. The, she opened the door, and it was two men. Did Kevin? Did Kevin? She didn't. Oh, did Kevin, who was a former boyfriend? A former boyfriend of Honey. Dick Kevin? His, Dick Kevin, yes. Like D-I-C-K-E-V-I-N? No, D-E Kevin. Dick Kevin. <sighs> <laughs> Continue with this. <laughs> Dick Kevin. Dick Kevin, yeah. A former boyfriend of Honey and his friend Chris. They told me something had happened to Honey, said Floor. Mm. Cassandra said it was what around. What was one of them? That's what I think. Cassandra said it was around 11.30pm when I got a phone call from my mom and she was crying hysterically. Cassandra asked her mom what was going on and learned that her mother's worst fear had come true. Mm. She told me Honey had been shot. Upon upon hearing the news, Cassandra raced over to the ra- to the crime scene, the Hampton Apartments, which, um, which were just behind where Honey and Flora lived. When I got there, the police wouldn't tell us any information. My mom had been there telling the police telling the police all the identifying info she could think of, like her tattoo on her right hand, mm. said Cassandra. But the police were still not ident- still not identifying who had been killed. So the family said it was until twelve it was until two fifteen that morning. So this happened around I guess around like between like 11 and 1130 mm. so she didn't find out till 215 a.m. sitting around the police af- yep a foolish the police officially identified the victim to them as Vanessa Honey Malone mm. that's what's that three hours yeah man and it's like that's gotta man. be rough cause you still have a little even if you know even if you know you At still got point, a little yeah. bit of hope you still got a little bit of hope that maybe it's not her and then three hours later to get that no, it is. And yeah. so that anticipation, all that kind of, that's, yeah, that's rough, man. Yeah. So detectives from the DeKalb County police were, were assigned to investigate and conduct interviews with friends and family. Throughout the course of the investigation, Honey's two friends who were renting the apartment, I'm guessing, 
they was living in an apartment. I guess their parents was renting an apartment. Uh-huh. Who were renting an apartment where Honey was killed, told police they had been victims of a home invasion. According to police, the couple alleged a couple alleged that anywhere from three to six men dressed in black and black and yield gun, yielding guns. Six people is a lot of people for a home that's invasion. A lot of people, man. That's sketchy. This is a cold is case. This is a cold case because this is sounding sketchy. Yeah. So there, the, w- was it DeKelvin, DeKevin, and Chris that are saying this? The two friends are they the two friends that were there at the apartment? Or they, uh, it just? I think it just they did. were there. I think this might have been two other friends. Okay, so they're saying six dudes ran into the no, apartment. Three to six, which is a. <sighs> that's a I that's mean, a that's crazy. Job. Yeah, you know the difference between <laughs> three dudes and six dudes. Like, with guns. come on. So three to six dudes ran into his apartment and shot Honey specifically. Okay, well I'll, I'll get to that. Okay, because I'm okay. Yeah. If you tell me three people got shot in there, then I, I I'll take back a lot of the spec the um, skepticism that yeah. I have. Well, so, that ain't that ain't what happened. Okay. Uh, so three to six men dressed in black and yielding guns kicked the door, kicked down the door of their uh-huh. apartment, proceeded to tie them up and force them into the bathroom, while the men were ransacking the house. They were ransacking the house. Yeah. Police believe. Honey stumbled upon the armed robbery. So she wasn't tied up in the... In the oh, are they saying she got the text to come over and she came over in the middle of a robbery? Yeah. So she... T- yeah, so she... Honey... I, I, okay, so she comes over. The door's kicked in. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, what's going on? But they're in the bathroom tied up and there's dudes ransacking the place. They come out. Well, I'll get... To, I'll okay, okay. Out, yeah. So Honey stumbled upon the armed robbery. She turned to run away... And she was shot um, for the first time. The pair tied up. The pair tied up in the bathroom told police they heard screaming and then sounds of a gunshot. The Cab County Police Public Information Officer Shiera Campbell told Dateline that Honey was shot once in the back. I'm guessing when they are saying that she, she ran away. away, and then brought to a back bath bedroom and put into a closet where she was shot for the second time in the chest. Oh my God. Honey's friends told police that they then heard the mask intruders leave. They said they awaited they waited a few minutes and then managed to untie each other and get free. They must have took if I'm if I'm buying this story, mm. they must have took those dudes, tied them up, and then took their masks off. Like, yo, shit, I found this in this room. So she must have saw their face. Is that is what I have to imagine to do that. Yeah. Um yeah. God damn. So I don't know if it's still the two guys or these are other friends. I don't. It's, it never said how many friends were there. And yeah. It just doesn't say. It just. It just all, only bring up the Kevin and Chris. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they tied. They untied each other to get free. Although it is widely believed to have been a robbery gone wrong, Cassandra says their family doesn't think so. Yeah. I don't think. I don't believe it was a robbery. She told Dateline. The only thing that was stolen was Honey's life and her cell phone. Mm. Nothing else was took but her cell phone. Out of the whole apartment. They said they ran said nothing was took but the cell phone. Wow. Yep. Wow. I don't see why you Why Even you have if, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Take her in the back, shoot her in the chest in the closet. It's overkill. Yeah. For a robbery. Like just take what you But again, man we it's easy to say and and, and I can find skepticism in that, but there's been plenty of times where robbery has been like, and nothing was stolen. They couldn't find anything or whatever, you know. So I, but, but I get that though. I get now. I get the, the three to six men thing is crazy. Yeah, but I get 
a robbery going wrong and then something happens, somebody gets killed when you go, all right, we got to just get out of here. Yeah, the we, one, the first shot. Yeah. We just got to get out of here. Fuck taking, we are, this already got out of hand. Yeah. But when you do that and then even if it is a robbery going wrong, but you kill one person, do you take their phone? Like for what? Yeah. I mean, what is that? I just, I just don't see the reasoning behind it, but I'm not a robbery, so I wouldn't know. You're not a robbery? I'm, I'm not a robber, sorry. <laughs> uh, so Cassandra and her mother Cassandra and her mother believed that she was um, lured to the apartment. Yeah. I'd assume someone called her over there. She had told my mom she was tired when she picked when she picked her up from work. Um so why would she choose to leave the house if you're tired? I could see this even though it's a cold case, I might not, I'm not a detective. I have to assume detectives did their due diligence, but Maybe, not to speak ill of the dead, but maybe Honey, you know, like to do a little weed, smoke a little weed, do a little coke or something. Maybe this was a drug deal gone bad. Maybe the friends know more than they than they are saying. Mm-hmm. Three to six men is a, such a, that's such a wide discrepancy. Three to six. You know the difference between three people and six people in an apartment. Yeah. That you live in. You, you like if if three people were in this room right now and then three more people came in, I could tell you, hey man, it was six people in here or it was three people in here, yeah. or it was two people in here or it was five people in here. I could tell you because it's not you live in it's an apartment. Yeah. So her coming over there, even though she was tired, I, I can I can see the the family having some skepticism. I fully understand that, but this could also just be some crazy. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know. It that's could rough. Be, that's rough, man. That's rough. It could be um, by these two dudes being the first ones to let the mom know that something happened to her, and by one of them being a former boyfriend. That's what I'm saying, um, man. It, it's by them being a former boyfriend. I feel like he, if not anybody else, could get her to, you know. Did you follow up on like the, I how looked old up was the cold case? Uh, what year was the um this episode from? I didn't see. Oh, okay. I didn't get this from like Wikipedia. I got this from like at the news. Like, oh, yeah. From NBC? NBC, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah. Because that's, this just feels like. Yeah, so I feel like a phone boyfriend would be able that's to. That's a motive. Yeah, to get her to. Come over. Come over. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, now five years later, Floor and Honey's oldest sister, Cassandra Kennedy, are still hoping someone will will come forward and bring clarity to this crime that they say doesn't make any sense. According to Floor, Honey could be a little naive about people. Mm. Stone Mountain isn't that big of a town, but Honey was friends with everyone, even from the time she was little. All she wanted to do was talk to people. About her daughter, Floor says that she was a real sweetheart. She just didn't think anything bad could happen to one of her girls. Yeah, Honey had a smart mouth and could have, and could have said something too, said Cassandra, speculating on what could have happened that night like if someone said i'll shoot you she'll say do it then well don't do that no <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just 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 some advice out there don't do that yeah. don't don't antagonize they have a, if they yeah. have a gun don't antagonize hand. somebody with a gun yeah now if they say i'll go out to my car you can talk a little shit yeah but then leave yeah immediately don't yeah. stick around for them to come back <laughs> So DeKalb County Police confirms that this is a still open case and last year received information regarding a gun that may have been involved in the crime. Mm. The gun has been sent to Georgia Barrel of Investigations for testing, but the results have not yet been returned. 
Public Information Officer Campbell says there are still questions as to what role the couple tied up in the apartment may have played in the killing. Yeah. But there have not been any arrests in the case. They might they might have some influence or something. Oh, he's they, something. They, they, if anything, they know something. That's what I mean. For this to be Stone Mountain, Georgia, everybody knows it. It's a small town and six people that nobody ever knows. If this is one of those kind of towns where the guy with the crew that does bad shit, every, they know that, oh, that's that's Kevin's boys. Yeah. Not the Kevin, but that's... That's Steve's boys. Like the the bad the bad boys are known. Yeah. This is this is not L.A. where just six random people can just show up and oh who are they? never before a a, a group of bandits. Mm-hmm. This is a small town. Six people. That's half the town. Yeah. You know. <laughs> come on, man. That's I, that's that's really that's really shady. Mm-hmm. That's really really shady. And then these two dudes tied up in the bathroom. They didn't get shot, and it's their apartment that's getting robbed. They they walked away perfectly fine and got themselves untied somehow. Mm-hmm. That's weird, man. Yeah, that's shady. Small town, six people for one robbery of an apartment in, in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Yeah. It wasn't fucking Robert Downey Jr.'s house. Right. What they think they were going to get six people, three to six people. Yeah, uh, man. That's shady, man. Even if it is, I don't think it was a robbery, but even if it was, I mean, what, like you said, it could have been they. They hit that apartment for some type of reason. The, the the guys in that apartment know who robbed them. Yeah. If six people came to rob your house, they got some information on you. Yeah. They know that you just got some fucking insurance money, a good tax return. They came there with, with good reason. Mm-hmm. At least they thought. You sell drugs. They think you sell drugs. That Whoever did that, if that's the truth, I don't think it is. Whoever did that knew thought they knew something was in that apartment yeah so that's already sketchy and to have there not be some kind of follow-up and these people not be in custody it makes me feel like that they're the kids of a sheriff or something like that that's yeah. really weird that that they could just go we don't know what happened we got robbed we don't know who it was weird yeah um so yeah like nobody nobody has been um has been any rest in the case we just want justice for honey cassandra told dateline she was only 18 she had all kinds of time to come up with what she wanted to do, mm-hmm. and they stole that from her. Yeah, the family has started a Facebook group, um, which is RIP Honey, to push for tips to keep Honey's case alive. Mm. I miss her smile. I miss her beautiful eyes, her voice. I miss fighting with her. I miss fighting with her, saying, "No, you can't wear my shoes." Just everything about her, Cassandra said. This was sister. Yeah, man. So Floor remembers her daughter every day. If I could have anything, I want to see what she would have become. Floor to Dateline. She never got. She never got to have her first, her first car, house, baby. They all got stolen from her. And in a recent interview, the family even revealed they believe Honey's friends know what really happened. Uh, like yeah, we just said. I think so too. I get that law enforcement is working and I know they're understaffed and I know they have things. They have other things they have to do. But my sister is very important and we need answers, Honey's sister said. The family is heartbroken, heartbroken, but stays hopeful that new DNA testing procedures will lead to the killer's identity. Phenotype testing, for the for example, could lead to any accurate description of the killer's appearance and genetic traits. Mm. If Honey Malone's knew her killer, which would be likely if she if she was lured to the scene, yeah. a physical description could put, potentially lead to a quick arrest. Yeah, man. I, I find it hard to believe that those two people in that apartment couldn't tell you. One Nothing. of them had a deep voice. Yeah. One of them was five three. One of them was six feet tall. Come on, man. It's just this is super shady and it's super sad. It actually 
that part right there at the end reminds me of the the really sad part about the Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary sh- mm-hmm. show on Netflix is that because Aaron Hernandez was a Patriot and 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 Super Bowl player and all this kind of stuff, the guy Odin Lloyd gotten really no coverage. He yeah. just and he was the guy that got killed. Yeah. So in this documentary, they you know they really put a spotlight on that. His mother Ursula, she had to go on stand and testify during the trial, and the judge told her. You can't show any emotion because that'll sway the jury. So she had to get shown pictures of her son's dead body and asked to, uh, was he identified? This was Odin Lloyd and all these kind of things. And that's all these questions. And she, she held up as best she could. And she was incredibly strong. And I thought that was very beautiful because that's gotta, that's the toughest thing in the world. I have to imagine. I don't have kids, but like to have to be in the trial of your child's murder is yeah. that's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. And um, there was another thing in there with, he had a friend because he played semi-pro, semi-pro football and his friend said, which we can relate to a little, not really. We can, we can relate to the sentiment, but this generation is wild. But this guy was saying he, they grew up in Boston and Boston was super rough in the nineties and all this kind of stuff, but people left them alone. If, if anybody was to mess with them, they, people would come out of their apartments and go, Hey man, they play football, mm-hmm. leave them alone. Like they are, they're not in a gang. They're not trying to be about that life. They just want to go play football. Leave that. Let them be. And, they, and people, oh shit, yeah, my bad. Yeah. So there was rules. Those rules are kind of dissipating. But like, there used to be rules. Like, if nobody's not trying to be a tough guy, you let them be. They go play their sports or whatever, and they're not getting mixed up in any of this type of shit. Mm-hmm. And he said it was. It the guy said like it broke his heart that his friend got killed by some football player trying to be a gangster. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was like something about. Football kind of saved his him and Odin's life. This guy's saying because we uh, playing football in a rough city, people go, "Oh man, you you scored a touchdown on my cousin last week." All right, man, my bad. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, put the gun back in in the waist. I won't rob you. And a football player who was trying to be one of those tough guys killed his friend. He wasn't trying to be anything. Who Aaron Hernandez? Yeah. Oh no, no, you haven't seen it. No, this dude, this dude thought he was Scarface. But he was actually doing it though. It wasn't trying to be. Yeah. You trying to be it is like you trying to not. Well, execute no, on no. You, you, it's trying to be it when you have ten million dollars in the bank, where you don't need to be a a gangster. You don't need. You're a, you play football. But you being a gangster got to do with how much money you have. Because mo- most people who are gangsters don't wouldn't they didn't choose this life. It's like this is what got me here. He didn't. He didn't get ten million dollars selling coke. He got $10 million playing football. And now he's like in the streets. He's got a crew, tattoos with like bullets and shit. So on he him. wasn't doing this before he got no, into the NFL? No, he was a dude from Connecticut. He went to Florida. He learned like, oh, I can punch somebody in the face and they won't do anything to me because I play for Florida. And the coach will just get me out of this. And then he probably had CTE, man. He had like the worst CTE ever. So who yeah. knows how far back that was. So he had like a, like a, like a, like a switch. Just you piss me off. Boom. React. Whole bunch of shit like that. You gotta watch them. It's real good. Mm. Um, but that part towards the end about Honey and her mom, I really feel for they just want justice. Like, yeah, pay it. Look at this happened to my kid. We don't think it went down this way. And I don't think after listening to that, I don't think it went down that way. Six people in a small town, and they, those two guys that were got robbed don't know anybody that was in that was involved. Come on. Um, so the director of, of Atlanta's Cold Case Investigative Research Institute, Cheryl McCollum, stated that the motive behind killing Honey did not make sense either. Cheryl Cheryl told reporters if she ran away, 
they could have they could have fled as well. Yeah. If Honey recognized them, they felt that they felt the need to kill her. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that the killers did not know the killers or the killer did not know the other victims too. Yes. Why was Honey's cell phone the only one taken? She was in no position to use it. Detectives from DeKalb County Sheriff Police maintained that this was a drug-related robbery and that the pair did not report anything stolen from the apartment because they would not report drugs as stolen. Yep. They believed that Honey was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. It said, Honey's family members have a different theory. Honey's sister stated that she believes Honey was targeted and was killed for possibly knowing information that the perpetrators did not want to be made public. Additionally, Honey's family members do not think that did not think that Honey would voluntarily voluntarily approach an apartment that had the door kicked in. Mm. The identities of the man and the woman who were inside the apartment during the alleged robbery have not been revealed. Mm, so it's not to Kevin. Nope. Honey's killer or killers still remain at large. And there's wow. a post I, the mom put up. She says that um, it, there's no date on this. Um, it just says a year ago from, I guess, whenever this is put up. Mm-hmm. Another 23rd without answers. Why can I not hear the 911 call? Mm-hmm. I have been told that when your mind does not have answers, it kind of fills in the blank. Mm-hmm. We all know this is true. I keep wondering what the hell can be on the 911 call that I cannot hear. Yeah. Was she, li- was she alive screaming? Was the second gunshot heard? Was the caller laughing? Was Honey begging for her life? Was there more people who can be heard? There are some of the, those are some of my questions why I cannot hear um, the 911 call. What will it take for someone to speak up? What will it take for someone to tell the police what they know to solve Honey's case? Those who know have children of their own. What is stopping them from caring? And this is hashtag justice for Honey. Mm. Why she can't hit a 911 call? I don't even understand why. Yeah. I'm, um, what is the reason behind that? Especially if you're the the parent of the yeah the victim, why I've, can't you? I've heard in some cases of um protecting like like being like this is too graphic. Like we don't we don't we don't want to release. Yeah, this I heard that. To I've you. seen that before. But at a point, if this person is hounding and hounding and hounding and hounding, and they they are saying, "I don't care what's on it. I want to hear it," and it's their child. If you have it, let them hear. It. That yeah. could be the other thing. It's like they might not have it. And that has a whole another set of questions. Excuse, to, yeah. That has a that's a whole another set of questions to it, like that Jeffrey Epstein thing, because they just are just th- they're just throwing anything out there. Oh man, the cameras they broke. Oh shit, shit we accidentally erased some of the footage. The guy the, his finger slipped and it, it hit, hit delete. They're just saying whatever. So I don't know if if in this case they might be saying we don't want to release it. They might not have it. They might not have. They might have deleted it. Yeah, I don't know. That has a whole nother set of questions. But also, it could also be incredibly disturbing, and they might just not want the... This has become such a story. It's had a TV show episode, and it's become a thing that like they Nancy don't want Grace. that to be now to be out on public, and, mm-hmm. and they don't want that. You know, They don't want the negative attention on their police department. It could be... That it, it could it could open up a Pandora's box, yeah. Because because now we're talking about it on this little podcast, but if they release the new, uh, the the audio and it really tugs at people's heartstrings, now it's on CNN again and Fox News, and people are talking about it and justice for Honey, which is a great thing. But, what but if that it, makes but, the police department look bad for not having solved this case for all these years. Yeah, but I think, but I think as the parent, I think she will want to take that bullet if it helps solve it. If it 
If you can no, li- it's not about her. It's about the police department. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that. No, I'm her. saying the police department's like, we don't want fucking oh, okay. everybody's... Okay. You know, because when it happens, everybody becomes an armchair expert like we are. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they do this? Did they interrogate the boys? And they're like, we did all that. We don't know. And then the FBI comes in and they're like, this this police department did a terrible job. And that's how people lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. That's when chiefs get fired and, 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 and people, lieutenants get promoted and, and people all people lose their jobs when the FBI comes in because that means you couldn't do your job. Yeah. So, you know, they might be trying to protect their job. And if they haven't solved this case and they release that audio and then it blows up, you know, that's what happened with Trayvon Martin. You know, Trayvon Martin, people were really infuriated by what they heard. Mm -hmm. But when they saw the video and then people started dissecting it, it became a national news story. The neighbor, there was a neighbor there and the gunshot was here. And did he really hit him? And he said he hit his head. But was this really a fight? That's when you can start having those debates and people start picking sides. You don't need to watch this. It's it's a kid being murdered. It's it's terribly sad. Um, But yeah, those videos and that audio, those things come out. Philando Castillo, another case. I'm not trying to bring up all the black people that have been murdered by police. This isn't about police. But I'm just saying, when those kind of video and audio things come out, tangible things for people to see and hear, it it, it, it riles people up. Mm-hmm. So they might just be like, look, man, it's unsolved. We're still working on it, but we don't want to bring any more negative attention on our police department. But the mom's like, I don't give a fuck about your police department. Yeah. I want to hear it and put it on my Facebook for everybody to hear. So they can dissect, oh, you, like in Don't Fuck With Cats. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear that guy said, uh, Eddie? And it, it might not even be that, but then that becomes the whole thing. Yeah. Now it's on Reddit threads. Did, who's Eddie? You know, that's shit starts to take a life of his own, man. Yeah. So they might be trying to avoid that for as long as they can. But I think she could probably get some kind of a um, a court order. or she, There's got to be some kind of way. She's probably doing that right now mm. where they like have to give it to her. It's coming, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my um, story about the murder of uh, Honey Malone. It was, it was very. Um, sometimes I like the open-ended ones for, for because it lets you kind of get involved in a little yeah. bit, like you know, and speculate and kind of mm-hmm. try to put your own pieces together on yeah. it. So that was cool. I liked um, being able to do that. Terribly sad for that mother um, and that whole family losing their kid at eighteen. Uh, so much life, man. Like, yeah, I mean, shit. I'm twenty-seven. And I've I've still not lived life to the fullest. Yeah. So I I mean being dead at eighteen and being from Stone Mountain pro- probably never got to get out of Stone Mountain. That's got you know those it's something about those small towns. No disrespect to anybody that lives in a small town, but when we were coming back from New Jersey, we stopped off at one of those truck stops. You know, like on the way to where you're going, mm-hmm. like a rest stop. Yeah. And every time I'm at one of those things, I'm like, wow, like somebody works here and. They get in their car and they go to five miles from here, whatever is in this truck stop that I'm stopped at on my way to where I'm going. And this is just their life. Like they just live and they work at this truck stop and all this kind of stuff. Some people never leave that situation. Yeah. And that's that's kind of sad to me because the, the world is so big. So much to see. You know, Maybe some people choice. Huh? Maybe just choice. though. Maybe choice. Maybe yeah. choice. I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to cast judgment on them. I'm just saying it's just so much world to see. Maybe they save up their money and they go see the world, too. I'm just saying. Um, it's just so much to see, and I, I I hate the idea of thinking of a person getting stuck in a small town just because they they don't want to be there, but they can't get out. Yeah, you know that's a, if it's a choice. If you like to live in a small town, that's cool. You yeah. know, I, I'm not. But if you're just stuck somewhere and you want to go live in New York or whatever, and you just can't, 
It's sad. Something sad about that to me. And Stone Mountain is a really small town. Maybe she loved Stone Mountain. I don't know, but she didn't know. She's 18. She yeah. doesn't know. She didn't even get to figure out if she loved it or not, you know, and wanted to leave or not. So that's sad. Um, rest in peace to Honey. Uh, yeah. What's her last name? Malone. Rest in peace to Honey Malone. And uh, condolences again to the Hoyos family for the, all those genera- that those generations back. Uh, that dude was nuts. Um, but we're going to move on from that. We're going to get into these good vibes, and then we're going to get the hell up out of here because I'm tired. Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes, although my good vibes are I'm actually in a reversal, so this is actually going to help me um, a little bit reading these good vibes because I feel like coming off a of vacation is a lot like coming off of ecstasy where your endorphins are so low that you're kind of in a state of depression because you're on such a high and now you're back to reality and you're all you know low and your serotonin's low you have no energy I'm feeling like that so I need some energy Fran please do you have a good vibes queued up save yeah. me please save I do. me yes Fran. I do it better be good man Why? I need it I need it I need it okay it is his good. No one. pressure. I think it's a good one. Okay. So this 17 year old gamer in the United Kingdom was giving the medical attention he needed thanks to his online friend calling for the paramedics from 5,000 miles away. Oh wow! Okay. Earlier cool. this month, Aiden Jackson had been playing video games from his bedroom in England while his parents watched television downstairs. He had been playing with his 20 year old friend Dia Lathora from Texas when he suddenly started to make sounds of what she could only describe as a seizure. Mm. When Dia started asking her friend if he was okay, she heard no response. So she immediately began scouring the internet for the correct emergency phone number in England town. In the England town, after Dia finally settled on dialing the non-emergency law enforcement number, she forced herself to stay calm and could explain to the dispatcher that she was calling from America to help her UK friend. Minutes later, when paramedics arrived at Aiden Street. His parents assumed that they were headed to a different household. <laughs> we were at home watching TV and Aiden was upstairs and Aiden was upstairs in his room. The next thing we noticed was two police cars outside with flashing lights. Aiden's mom, Carolyn, Caroline Jackson, told the Liverpool Echo, I assumed they were in the area for another reason and they ran up to the front door. Like, no, your son is, done, is like upstairs have, going through something. Yeah. They said there was an unresponsive male at the address. We said we hadn't called anyone, and they said a call came from America. I immediately went to check on Aiden and found him extremely disorientated. The teen has since undergone a number of tests in order to determine the cause of seizure. Since this is the second time in one year that Aiden has suffered from it, suffered from a fit, his parents are extraordinarily grateful for Dia's actions. Dia had our address, but didn't have any contact number so it was amazing amazing she was managed to get help from so far away jackson told the news outlet i've spoken to her and expressed our thanks she's just glad she could help we always we always say to kids be careful who you speak to online but in this case it was invaluable Uh, which is which is cool because i don't know if i want to promote that message but yeah yeah yeah. uh that's a great story Mm -hmm. um good for her for having the memories you do because if you tell me your address on somebody online I'm, yeah I'm like oh cool I for, man I forgot that I wouldn't remember your city yeah anything luckily he had a British accent so that helped you know yeah. if he was from Indiana 
And I lived in America, I'd be like, oh, that's cool, man, I don't know. You want to go take this cave or, you know, like, you know, what do you want to do right now? I don't know, man. That's that's scary. That's very scary. Just, uh, but just thinking if, how you would react to it is like, yo, you there? Yeah, you just hear crazy. Yeah, you see yeah. leave party? It's yeah, like, that's, that's you're hearing that's crazy like sounds. Um, I wonder how long he plays video games for. Cause, I was thinking the know, same thing. That's you know. I was thinking the same to, exact thing. To, to not gloss over that possibility, I don't want to make any you know accusations yeah. t- towards his his family or anything like that. But you know these kids, man. I thought the I've, same thing. I've, I've I've heard some crazy stories about these kids, and you know it's, we played games too. So I'm not yeah. gonna say it's it's just this new generation, but these Fortnite, it is though. These Fortnite kids are playing the game for like 20 hours straight, yeah. peeing in a bottle in front of themselves to not go to the bathroom and. It is, they are not in the world. And that kind of stuff can, you know, sleep deprivation, all that kind of stuff, it can have an effect on you when you don't even know it. Yeah. You can be so sleep de- deprived that you can just be sitting here playing the game at one o'clock and you're playing the game and it's three o'clock. Mm-hmm. You didn't go, you didn't lay down, close your eyes, you just, and the controller's on the ground, the TV's off. Because it just sat there not moving for however long, and two hours passed. Yeah. 15 minutes passed. You just start, your body's like, well, we're going to shut off. Yeah. Because you need to go to sleep. So, and I'm not saying this happened with this kid, and maybe this is a completely unrelated, but twice in one year, I don't know. Think about yeah, how long you're playing. There's going to be a lot of stress on your eyes and the brain. And yeah, man. Think about how long you're playing. There. The game for. I don't know if it's true that I heard somebody died for like they didn't eat. Come on. No, no, come on. I don't, I don't buy into that. Oh, you got to eat. Yeah, know, you can't just ignore. True. It's some shit you can ignore. You can go, oh, I got to pee, but I'm going to finish this map. Mm-hmm. You can't just not eat. And then you just die like, oh, with the controller in your hand. And you just starve to death. Man, I'll never say things are impossible, man. Fair enough. That's a good way to live life. I, yeah. I don't. I can't really. That was deep. I can't really. <laughs> I can't. I can't even. You know, come combat that. So I'm gonna go ahead and just go ahead and tell my good vibe Real story. Talk. Yeah. So um, my good vibe story is uh, about a woman who fostered 600 kids in 50 years, wow. and she took in anyone regardless of their age or medical condition. So um, raising just one child can be a tough job for any parent which is why this woman is being honored for fostering more than 600 children over the course of five decades. Mm. 75-year-old Linda Herring from Johnson County, Iowa, has been tirelessly providing food, clothing, love, and medical care to hundreds of foster kids since the 1970s. When Herring first began fostering kids, she was also running a home daycare and was working as a night custodian in a local high school. So this is just a woman that just loves kids. And just, Did she get any rest? Jeez. No, man. She's a hustler. She, she, you know, um, some people's just purpose is to just give, give, and give, and give out. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for those people because those are the people that need self, self-care the most. But maybe this was such a heartwarming feeling that she got. That that's that was her self care was yeah. the, the 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 good feelings that she got. So yeah, so she worked at a night school. She had a daycare, and then on top of all that, she started fostering kids. Uh, out of the hundreds of foster kids that Herring has taken under her wing, many of them experienced a range of medical conditions and special needs. But that never deterred Herring. Um, a quote from her says, uh, oh, no, is this a quote about her, I think. Uh, Linda mostly fostered young children and children with special needs and kept bins of clothes in her garage stacked to the ceiling, labeled by size and gender. Uh, this is a statement that was read from the Johnson County's officials when they were honoring her. 
Uh, no one had to worry about a child going without clothes at Linda's house, even if they arrived with nothing but what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. So she would drape you out, get you, you know, get you in that latest, you know, PP jeans, um, that latest Tommy Hilfiger, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know, I don't know what was popular in the 70s. Some, some Ashgash Bagash. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that might be new. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Herring, who was just three years old when he was adopted into the Iowa family, described his mother to CNN. He said, it's hard to say in words her impact. She was always available and ready for a child in need. Mm. So just a very warm soul. Uh, These kids were usually taken from a traumatic situation and she'd take them in, provide a warm bed, clean clothes, warm meals and love. Anthony Anthony told the news outlet also that she worked hard to keep families together keeping the siblings together if she could, helping biological parents make the changes needed to be able to keep their children. That's cool. So she would take care of your children, but also with the parents, tell them the changes they needed to make in their life in order for them to give for her to give them their child back to them and yeah. not put them in the system. So yeah, I don't know when this woman slept. You know, this is she's busy. So this is I mean, you're you're never this is what I mean. Like you're never you can always be doing more. Yeah. Just keep that in always like I know people sometimes people feel like, damn, I'm stretched so thin. But there there's somebody out there doing more than you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that should make you do more, but just understand that there's always something else you could be doing. Yeah. Uh yeah, she always makes sure a new child in her home was given a professional photograph that was placed on the wall in the living room. So she you know, she has like six hundred of them things, you know, beautiful photos of all the kids lined up. I don't know if they're all on the wall. That's a, lot of, that's that's a lot of fucking wall space. <laughs> but she always would take a photograph of the new kid and get, you know make them feel like this is your home too. Yeah. And it's just those little gestures like that. that I mean, did they move way. out at some point? Yeah, she's a foster okay. home. I'm, I'm sure some of them probably you know stuck around longer than others and maybe stayed until they were 18 and then left and stuff yeah. like that some kids you know ended up getting adopted by other people but foster you know just keep them around for a bit until they get situated so a lot of kids came in came in and out through through that home but she always made them feel like you know it was it was their home uh in light of how miss of how miss herring announced her retirement from fostering new children in, in october due to health concerns the Johnson County Board of Supervisors honored her with a special ceremony of appreciation this uh, this past week. Additionally, five of Heron's biological children and three of her grandchildren have been carrying on her legacy and foster parents and are foster parents as well. Hmm. Um, there's a tweet that shows just uh, her and her family and some other kids that she's adopted uh, or, or fostered over the years. And uh, a beautiful, just a beautiful sentiment, man. I'm... I'm I don't really know if there's any way to really fully ever thank that woman for that, but you know, it's good to get some kind of recognition from the state and um, let the story get out into the world and people can go, wow, 600 kids. That's amazing. You know? And um, hopefully, you know, 75 years old, you're bound to run into some health concerns, but hopefully everything goes as as well with her and um, prayers to Linda and, and thank you for a kind soul doing that because there's a lot of kids in need of, all of those things, but more importantly, love is most important because there's you can be a foster home and just collect the checks, yeah, and, and and give these kids the bare necessities and just you know, fucking have them making shit in the basement like Antoine Fisher's that Antoine Fisher story. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see Antoine Fisher? No, she had them fucking like a sweatshop. Yeah, it was nuts. It's putting it to work, huh? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could be that, but to make somebody feel like this is your home for as long as you need it, and you know, 
you need some clothes and we'll get you nice clothes and you know and love the love is the most important thing so shout out to linda and that really made me feel good and shout out to that girl dia who's you know looked out for her boy yeah her Fortnite. you know is that a team game that's not a team game, right? Eventually, yeah, you, have you, to ki- you have to kill the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you can, can play in teams? Play teams yeah. That's so much going on in that game. I can't, yeah. I can't play. Me um, I'm That is the only... I've, there's never... I can play any game. There's never been a game where I go, I'm too old for this. That game, I go, I hate that game. Yeah, I'm like, there's blue lights and jumping yeah. around and it's the a sound video, of wood. Yeah, there's a video on Twitter. I, just, I retweeted where it was like a guy. He was like really good at it. He just like was building all this shit, building it, and then like, Whoever was coming after him was coming over. He would take it down. But it's so much spinning. It's so much spinning and all this stuff going up. It's like I was like, how can somebody eyes take all that? No. I just I don't even know. Well, I don't, I don't think it. they can. I don't know what game this that is kid. Crazy. Was, I don't know what game this kid was playing. But I would not be surprised if that game is giving people seizures. It's so much going on, man. It's so colorful and yeah. bright, and you have to move around the camera so much yeah. and jumping and building into the sky. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna yeah. play 2K. Um, anyways, um, it feels good to be back. Um, it's going to take me a little bit to just adjust to not being able to press zero and they bring you chicken nuggets to your room and uh, being on beautiful beach. How was the food? Hotel food. food The the hotel food was good. Okay. The local food was incredible. Mm -hmm. Like I said, tacos have been ruined for me. Taco Tuesday for me is a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. I would not even disrespect the memories in my brain by polluting them with American tacos. Mm. The closest I've had to those tacos were tacos in Vegas and in California because you're right up by the border. You yeah. get you, you can get some authentic Mexican food. You I could probably find an authentic, like a Mexican person making authentic Mexican food in Baltimore, but it's not just going to be on a, it was the It was the trucks. You know, the, you know, you leave a club when we, mm-hmm. here in Baltimore and, you know, you're drunk or whatever and you get a hot dog or like a kielbasa or something yeah. like that or a piece of pizza or whatever. That's fucking five star level tacos out of the, when you stumble out of a bar at mm-hmm. two o'clock in the morning. It's nuts. Like the best taco you've ever had is served at a at a at a, at a stand. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, that's gonna take some adjusting, and just you know, oh man, you just somebody comes by give you a tropical drink, and now I'm here, <clears throat> and it's cold, and yeah. there was snow on the ground when the plane landed. But I'm gonna be okay, folks. I'm gonna yep. be okay. Life, life, life goes on, and vacations always have to come to an end eventually. You have another one somewhere else planned? Not in no, the near not future. Um, nah, the the money was spent. I gotta I mean, go make more any, money. Do you have any? Oh, like a place I want to go next? Yeah. Well, my dream vacation is um. There's this resort called the Saint. The Saint. It's the Saint Jade Resort in us. Uh, in it's the Jade Mountain Resort in Saint Lucia. It costs a fucking arm and a leg. But the rooms, like every room has an infinity pool and it's open. So like one of the walls isn't there. It's the glass. The, so it's like you're outside. No, it's just like outside. But it's a it's a fucking nice it's not like No, what do you what do you mean? What do you like, mean? So the open? pool goes the pool goes out like it looks like it has no end. Yeah. And the the wall that that pool is on in your room. But it's glass. There's no, no. It's not glass. It's, it's just outside. But it's uh, no. But I mean, at the end of the pool, it's glass. It has, oh yeah, there's some, glass there. But I'm I mean. saying, I'm saying, but I'm saying that whole location is open. But it's, it's open. View. Yes, it's open in view. Okay. And I, yes, there's glass around the pool. Yes, but I'm just mean. saying, like that 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 whole section is outside. So there's no there's no like screen doors yeah. to close. Yeah. But it's also like 
fucking flat screens and and it's not it's not like we're it's in a hut or something uh. and it's beautiful the, and it's the, just view from the pool just view from the pool and the, the mountain because because Saint Lucia has um, a yeah. volcano on it mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful but it costs a lot of money so I'm thinking that's like dream like honeymoon vacation hey. yeah. Um, so that, that, but that's not the, we'll probably go somewhere more realistic mm-hmm. between now and then. Uh, so yeah, no, I, to anybody, I highly recommend just, just travel if you can, man. Just go see, just say, fuck it. Get on a spirit flight if you have to pack a book bag and just go see somewhere different. You know, friend, you passed up a lot of opportunities young. And now that I'm older, I'm always like, damn, Fran could have went everywhere. Cause Mr. Roger was going everywhere yeah but you i just don't, don't fuck with those planes, like planes man. man you just don't fuck with those planes oh, man. man i get oh, it man. man it's rough i've been i've been doing it since i was young when we were coming back when we were coming from new mexico to new jersey there was it was real foggy mm-hmm. and people kept like a couple people opened the windows and so because they were expecting because they they could feel us descending yeah but then you open up the windows and it was still cloudy and then the plane starts feeling like it's going fast. But that's because it's descending. Now, when you see city lights and shit like that and the plane's going fast, you're like, whatever. The speed is just you feel the speed differently because it's coming lower to you can relate it to the you're still going the same speed when you're in yeah. the sky, mm-hmm. but you can only see clouds. But when you start seeing like roads and shit, and you're like, whoa, we're blowing by them. But you go, we're getting close to the runway. But when we opened up the windows at this point, it was all clouds. So people started getting nervous, and I could tell to you, Sierra was nervous because you could feel the plane going really fast. But when you open up the windows, it just was just it was just clouds. Yeah, it, it, not even like, and it was nighttime too. Mm. So it literally was like you were in a, like a, in a mist, mm. and I just started seeing more window like people were looking around and shit like that. And I was like, guys, calm oh, down, you know. So I could feel, I could understand that being like if you were in that situation, you don't fly a lot, you would be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and I, that's not a fun feeling. But that's the feeling I get on roller coasters, and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. I love roller coasters, but planes. Nah, man, can't. Can't. Do it. If I have to go, then I just I'll just have to say fuck it and. Yeah, man, but like, what if, what if what if what if what if what if uh what if Stephanie wants to take you to where's she from? She from she from herself. She's out Salvadorian. What, but what if she wants to take you there? Like, what if she wants to get a taste of her heritage? I'll go. I'm saying if I have a you don't want to go. No, <laughs> if I have if it's like, hey man, you want to take this trip? But we gotta take two planes. It's like, nah. all right, oh, fine, oh, man. You're, Oh, you have to think about it. Yeah, because we went. I went to when I t- went to Dominican Republic. We took two planes. We had to take a plane to Puerto Rico. Uh huh. Which Puerto Rico was beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Then we had to take a plane from there. This low ass plane, mm. like this little like fifteen passenger plane. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. shit is like, and it's nah. all water. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Let this shit need to land immediately. Let me. Nah. Fuck that. That's why I just go to sleep. I go to sleep, dude. If anything happened, I'm sleep. Yeah. <laughs> just wake up dead. That's better. Yeah, it's better than living through it, I guess. You know, yeah. Planes, man. I, I can't. I don't know how y'all do it, man. I just can't. Nah. But it's worth it when you get there. That's the point. I think you need Terrifying. to look up. You need to find the place that you want to go to. I know you want to go to L.A. You can't yeah. get to. You could drive, but it. I see you there. You know, I'm not <laughs> driving to L.A. That's like three days. I, you know, but you know, you want to go to L.A. You gotta hop on a plane, man. I know, but you want to go visit Grandma Kelly. You want to go visit my grandmother out in Vegas, and and we have a good time. We ride around in cars and go see the mountains. Yeah. Okay, you gotta get on the plane to go. I'll do that, man. I just, I can. I think I can manage one plane, but taking two. Yeah, no. Nah, you man. always, if you can get a straight through flight, get a straight through flight. Oh man, then yeah. I go a bunch of water. Yeah, no, double. No, no. I, I didn't know you had to do all that to get to, to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I might not be going there. Um, 
But yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's our PSA yeah. on our way out. I'm you scared know, of planes. So. France scared of planes. <laughs> and if you're scared of planes, that's fine. But overcome that fear. Fight through that fear. And then you can get to delicious tacos. And with that being said, I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans. It feels good to be back, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park